to record an episode just to store or to memorialize a dream that I had this morning where I awoke with this feeling of what is known as Satori, just pure bliss, just pure awareness, just laying there in the moment and realizing that everything was perfect as it was. It was the strangest thing because I I think throughout my life, I've had certain moments here and there that I can imagine. There was one I had like years ago when I was like in my living room and it just hit me. Everything is God just out of nowhere. Um, So I've had these moments here and there. But this one, I thought I should probably record it because it was accompanied by a dream or the dream sort of led to it. I've been having a very interesting um, experience upon waking up more and more when I wake up. As you guys know from the previous um, episode where I talked about pulling in a mantra into this reality, kind of the same thing where same thing, same thing <laughs> where it's my Nigerian accent coming through um, where as I'm entering into this world or re-entering this world, I'm pulling into this world information, data, feelings from the world prior or the world I am exiting. Um, and by I, I mean my consciousness, not my body, not my form. And so that's been happening more and more. But this morning, it, I definitely came into this world again, or re-entered into this world, re-entered into my avatar. So being very precise with my wording and with my phrasing, re-entered, my consciousness re-entered this avatar with this intense feeling of just calm and just bliss and I was, I remember laying down and just, I said out loud to my husband, I had a good dream. Now he goes, tell me about it. And I think he thought that I was going to, <laughs> I was going to say, oh, like, I don't know. I saw fairies or road dragons, but I told him the dream that I had. And in it, I was like a young adult. I was part of a group of young adults and we were on a bus. It was a bus for a field trip. And the field trip took us to like this tropical island. I don't want to call it a third world country, but it was not developed or as developed according to sort of modern standards or whatever, um, or what people would consider modern, right? It was a quote unquote third world country as we've come to know it. I'm saying all of that, you know, because of thought police out there. Um, so it was two buses, I happened to be on bus number two. Bus number one arrived at this location with bus number two. And as we sat in our bus, we saw the bus number one sort of take off. So they were going to go to this like location by this mountain that was supposed to be this super beautiful place. And then when they go, when they were done with their tour, they would come back. And then us and bus number two would go to this mountain. You could see the mountain at a distance. So imagine tropical sort of lush, right? Like think Jamaica, where you know the skies are clear and blue, um, and you know just kind of just tropical, gorgeous. Um, and then in the distance, like a mountain. So add a mountain to that, and that's where this sort of blissful, beautiful oasis was that we were supposed to go. But you could only take a certain amount of people at a time, so bus number one went ahead of us and as we waited you know you know minutes turned to hours we expected to wait for a few hours but 
hours then turned into the day. <laughs> the day turned into like a couple of days. And then after a while, people obviously started to get a bit worried because here we were on this bus. At this point, we're hungry. I mean, we had snacks and things like that, but people were getting off <laughs> to use the bus, use the bathroom, you know, off the bus, kind of wandering around. And as we would get off the bus, we realized like, okay, we're on our own here. Um, like we kind of saw some of the locals at a distance, but where we were left was kind of remote. And then people started getting scared and there was a genuine sort of fear in the air that perhaps the people that left in bus number one, either something happened to them or they just weren't going to come back or both. And so panic began to set in. And this is where the dream began to sort of take the feeling of it could potentially be a nightmare. But I have been repeating the mantra that I've shared with you guys that I started last episode with throughout the day. So not just meditating at night and in the morning, but throughout the day, if I catch myself judging or being lost in a moment, or I will stop and I'll repeat my the, the new mantra that I woke up with a couple of weeks ago. And here it is for those who are new. There is no good. There is no bad. It is what it is. We do not judge. We just observe. It is what it is. And that was when I sort of became semi-lucid in the dream. And so while I was on the bus and watching all the other students sort of panic, I was able to, my consciousness in that dream reality was able to connect with my consciousness here, or at least the contents of the information that I have also had access to, or I'd also had access to in this world, specifically that mantra. And so that mantra now got pulled into that reality. And I sat and looked around and said to myself, well, they're only panicking because they're judging us being left here as a bad thing. They're clearly people who live on this island and they live fine. They live well enough. So if they can survive, perhaps it wouldn't be to the standard that we are accustomed to but it's not like we were left to the wolves or something like that. We could survive too. And so I gathered a group, a small group of like, likewise, like like-minded individuals. And I told them my thoughts. And so we said, okay, like, let's see what we can do. So we left the bus and went into the village and came across the people who lived in the village. And they said, this. This is a very interesting dream. This is still a dream, guys, by the way, from this morning. And they said this. They said, we were just like you. We came here also on a field trip and in two buses, bus number one and bus number two. Bus number one left never to return. And we were left in the bus. In fact, oddly enough, this entire village is comprised of people who were kind of left here by bus number two. Like everybody in this village came here on the second bus. And I was like, what is this world? What is going on? But they said, listen, we've just, we were the ones who learned to just accept what it is. And bus number one never came back. But 
more and more bus number two people kept coming. We realized after a while that on the bus, people tend to separate into two groups. There are the people who panic and then there are the people who accept and work with what they've been giving. We are those who left the bus to see if we could work with what we were given. And so then I asked, well, what happened to the others? And the response was, well, they destroyed themselves. And that threw me. So now I'm like 75% lucid, not 100% lucid. Aspects of my persona here starts getting sort of pulled into this world, into this dream, but I'm not 100% awake. And I never become 100% awake in the dream. But about 80%, I do become, I don't even know if I could say I, I do become Joe because then that's, there's the implication there is that Joe is this like personality that exists across all realities, across all dimensions. And I don't think that that's the case. Joe is just this avatar. Now, it's the consciousness that's the line, isn't it? And we're going to talk about that some more. And so the people in the village basically showed us, look, you've got coconuts, you've got fish if you want to learn how to fish, and you're more than welcome to come and live with us. We don't recommend that you go back to your people at the bus because you'll probably find that by the time you get back, it would have descended into chaos and madness. I said, well, we should at least take them food. And the individuals that we spoke to said, yes, sure, sure enough. So we gathered the food and we took them back to the people who were left on the bus. And sure enough, as we approached the bus, the people who were left on the bus started fighting, had started fighting amongst themselves. They had decided that it was a bad thing. They had decided that they had been abandoned and they decided that the situation was more dire than it actually was. And at some point, actually, they had started fighting themselves and they had broken themselves up into these sort of hierarchies. And then it became kind of a Lord of the Flies situation in a very short amount of time. This is a dream, right? But in a very short amount of time before I left the bus and came back, all this shit had gone down. So we saw people on the fringe who were kind of still watching, thinking like, okay, this is mad. And then we saw the people on the top who've decided that they were going to rule and dominate the rest. And obviously we couldn't reach them anymore. But the ones in the fringe that were sort of looking back like this is mad, we walked up to them and offered them food. And we said, actually, this is what's going on. And a couple of them decided they were going to come back, whereas the rest decided that they would much rather sit and wait to see if the first bus actually did come. And so we said our goodbyes, left with those who did want to, to, to come back with us. And then we just decided that every once in a while we'd pop in and check. Over time, as we went to check, it just became, they, they never really left their bus. So they built their community around their bus and it just, they became more cruel. And as we just learned to live off the land and ultimately the story that I learned through over time through observance was that this is what judgment does to you. Judgment corrupts the soul. See, both groups 
had realized both groups found themselves on an island and it's the same island that was able to provide and feed them. It's that same island that caused division amongst the others and all because of what they determined in their minds. So they, the moment they began to judge, this is a bad thing. We've been abandoned. We now have to do everything we need to do to survive that programming, what they taught, what they taught themselves, what they told themselves, they took that and ran with it and then acted accordingly. And that caused them to suffer. Whereas the latter group looked at the situation and said, okay, well, this is where we are. So now what? They didn't say this, that, or any other good, bad. Even if the bus number one, they left us intentionally, there's nothing we could do about it. And if something happened to them, we had no idea where they went. There's nothing we can do about it. So then we have to do what we can do with what we've been giving. And that's how we survived. And so another obvious thing is that we didn't judge the villagers. We approached them. We didn't judge ourselves as superior to the people who were on the island naturally the natives we just approached them and trusted that hey obviously this is a dream right because there have been outsiders that have approached locals that didn't go well but this is a dream i'm just telling you the dream so we didn't we just we just approached them and they were able to give us knowledge because we approached them with open hearts without instead of as hostiles or as, as, as they were hostile. We did not assume that they were hostile. We assumed that they meant well, and that's my jar going off and that they would try to help. And they provided us with knowledge and come to find out they were just like us. Now in the dream, after a little bit, the people from the first bus did finally show up. They finally came back, which was unheard of, I guess, according to the people who had lived on the island for a long time. He said that people from the first bus never came back. But the people from the first bus, in our case, did come back. And they met with pure chaos. And then they were told that this was some sort of experiment. And I should say they met pure chaos at the bus and we were told that it was a type of experiment and that essentially the people who left the bus and integrated, all of us could now go to this place with the people from bus number one. But we, the new colony of all the bus number twos who didn't go ham, go Lord of the Flies, we decided you know, thanks for the offer, but we're just going to kind of chill here. Um, we'd rather just kind of accept what we have now and work with what we have than this promise of something better. We're, we're okay. And the underlining premise was, if you were the kind of people to run this sort of experiment where you leave young people who are relatively ignorant at surviving in a world where essentially they turn on themselves and harm themselves or have to learn to fend from themselves in order to sort of figure out whatever experiment that you want to figure out. Whatever it is that you have to offer that is some sort of like blessing or reward for us, quote, doing the right thing, doesn't we are not interested in it. Because if you're the kind of people to operate in this way, because people in bus number two who didn't integrate, they ended up causing serious harm to each other. So 
the people who were conducting the experiment, I don't want a reward from them. They didn't seem like people that we should maybe be interacting with or trying to take anything from them. We just decided that we were happy and thoroughly content and that where we were was fine and was enough of paradise for us. That was my dream. <laughs> In the dream towards the end of the dream, it was actually the first dream I've had that had kind of a beginning and an end. And it was like something was intentionally, and by something, I mean me. And I'm going to go back to what I mean by that, to try to tell me a parable, a story. And at the end, the, re the mantra repeated, everything is perfect as it is. Everything is perfect as it is. There is no good. There is no bad. It is what it is. We do not judge. We just observe. It is what it is. And I woke up into this world, just laying in bed in pure bliss. And my eyes were closed. I have a little sleep mask on or whatever. So I had my eyes closed. But I just remember looking for my, you know, the familiar voice of your internal monologue as it starts. And it was silence. It was pure silence. And I realized that, wait, I'm observing and there is nothing to observe. And then I got the, I also had the next realization, which was this, another sort of information pulled in. And like I said, I'm not channeling anything. I'm going to tell you exactly what's going on or what I believe is going on, where I think is going on. But I was met what I had this realization that the internal monologue, the way it works is it does judge everything. All right. So the way it gets you to react is this is happening. This is a bad thing. React. This is happening. This is a good thing. React. This, if you don't do this thing, then this means that this is not going to happen the way you want it to happen. React. You have to do all this. And then it was followed up with, if you remove that power, if you remove its ability, if you just say, you know what, I, there, we will not judge. We'll just observe. If you make a habit throughout the day of now monitoring yourself when you start to judge, observe instead, you'll find that all of a sudden that there's not much it can say. And then you'll just start to sort of just kind of be in the moment and sort of start just enjoying your, more, your moments, right? And all of a sudden I was just laying there enjoying just laying there and it was silence and pure peace and everything felt amazing. So I wanted to share that with you guys and then kind of build up from there. I had a wonderful conversation with a lady today, um, a publisher working on a book. And so she offered, and I appreciate you. She offered to sort of like bounce ideas off of me and, and see where we goes. But she is of, Indian descent and we had a very cool conversation we talked about um, past incarnations and and a lot of really cool stuff and part of what we talked about was um, I said to her uh, I kind of discussed the dream and the mantras that I've been repeating she she has watched all of my TikTok videos not terribly familiar with the podcast but in the conversation, she said, you know, it's interesting. A lot of the things that you say, I'm not taken aback by them because of my Hindu upbringing. So this idea that, you know, everything is God, right? Non-duality. So we talked about that, um, which I've been posting a bit uh, about on the Instagram as well. This idea of non-duality, 
um, and and YouTube where there's no devils. There's there's no gods. There's no devils. There's just one consciousness, fragmented, like a holo like a hologram, but just all one. It's not a concept that a lot of like Western religious individuals like, because it wants to the the spirit of Christianity is dual. Christianity is absolutely dual, whereas Eastern philosophy and Eastern I don't like the word religion, but let's just let's say religion for the sake of this conversation is that everything is one. Shadow light one. Existence itself is one. One entity. We might be fractures, but it's one entity. And she said the the she it resonates with her because she kind of grew up with these sort of tenants and I said to her, "Yeah, it's amazing because one I was born and raised in Nigeria." Not a lot of like Eastern Hindu influences there at all. Um, my 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 father was a pastor, but I was raised Catholic. Nothing about Eastern philosophy. And yet a lot of the things that I talk about now were always just sort of in the forefront of my mind and just naturally came to me when people would ask me what I thought, even just growing up. Reincarnation remembering past lives like I would talk to my mom about things that I remembered as a young kid about England right but I'd never been to England (laughs) I do remember that and I was such a like weird sort of different child that I remember one time I just draw things and um I remember one time my mom seriously asked she just looked me in the eye like she was a little afraid and she was like are you a witch (laughs) I was like what no what why why would you ask that and then she just kind of walked away um so I I was that kid um but I remember having conversations with full-blown adults about you know challenging what I read about in the bible and then I also told her how I had this flower it was always I called it my flower and it was just like this ever-expanding flowers I would start with a circle and then I would draw like petals around the circles. And then in between the petals, I would draw another petal. And then in between the petal, those petals, I would draw another petal. And I would expand, expand, expand. I would just do that like over and over again. That, that, was be, that would be what I would doodle over and over again. So this is Joe from tomorrow. Uh, just reviewing the podcast and realized that I described the flower without actually saying what the flower was. The flower ended up being a mandala so the eternal flower that I just kept drawing or at least I was calling it a flower I didn't realize I was actually just repeatedly drawing a mandala over and over again it wasn't until I read a book about Carl Jung and the book kept talking about Carl Jung's mandala and then I went and googled it and I was like oh shit that's my quote-unquote flower so all right carry on I had no idea what I was doing it just was my thing and I also would um collect like little buddhas but not the chinese buddha not the fat buddha the indian buddha the hindu buddha the the skinny slim buddha and everywhere in my house for whatever i'm not i wasn't a buddhist um definitely not hindu but even just in my young adulthood i would just naturally go and buy um buddhas anyway i I don't want to go into that there's a lot of other things that happened in my life that kind of let me as I began to sort of read about past lives and reincarnation and, you know, quantum immortality, non-duality, it made me realize that I had to have had past incarnations 
or a past incarnation, and I've said it several times at this point for those who are familiar, as an an Indian or a Hindustani. And then in the conversation, it also it made me, I also realized, wait a minute, I'm still bound to this linear flow of time because I keep thinking, I keep saying that I was Hindustani in a past life. But that's not necessarily, that is subscribing to the idea that that subscribed or is based on the foundation of this idea that of linear time. I could very well be Hindustani or Indian in a future incarnation. Like I assumed that these influences were coming from a past life, but these influences are getting stronger the older, or I should say the longer I exist as Joe, this avatar, which would mean that I could very well have not even have, I could very well be an incarnation as a Hindustani, as an Indian person in a future incarnation. And because all of time is happening right now, I could very well be a Hindustani right now. Everything, everywhere, all at once. We sit with the idea of that you are everyone. You sit with the idea that you are everyone. So when I said, I'm not channeling this, I refuse to give credit to the things that I talk about, to any tulpas, egregores, or thought forms. There's no spirits that are talking to me. I'm talking to me. The same to you. Every revelation you have, every acknowledgement of knowledge every reminder to your mind of something that you have contained within your mind that you just needed something to remind you. It is not something other than you. It is you. Listen, hear me. Three concepts. One, the first thing we are taught as kids, let me take it back. One of the earliest songs, very first songs, one of the very first songs that I remember ever learning was Row, Row, Row You Both Gently Down the Stream. Merrily, 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 merrily. Life is just a dream. We've heard that. Right? So you have the Hindustanis. The Vedic scriptures who say this is illusion. They said this thousands of years ago. Illusion, Maya. It's a dream. We now in the present are talking about where we might be in a simulation, which is all just basically saying this is a false construct. However, if this is a dream, then doesn't that mean that you are sleeping and if you are sleeping then this means like I said in the previous episode that you are a god asleep how do I make that leap simple 
I will repeat it because this was mentioned in the previous episode. Every person, most of the books that I've read and people who have been interviewed, who have had out of body experiences and specifically near death experiences, which I've just called death experiences. We'll just call it what it is. They all report feeling all loving, all powerful, and having access to all knowledge. By definition, if you feel all one and connected to the entire universe, then you are the entire universe outside of form. Then outside of form, you are God. All knowing, all loving, all powerful, everywhere. The mind is not limited. The brain limits. Consciousness is not limited. Consciousness bound to form limits. I've had a couple people say to me that I'm their favorite spiritual page. While I appreciate it, I think a couple people even said like my favorite spiritual teacher. While I appreciate it, please do not elevate me. I am you. The only difference between you and I is that something is a little different with this brain, Joe's brain, that allows for information contained within the mind to get pulled into. It allows me to pull information that is held in the mind to be unrestricted by my brain. This brain, Joe's brain, Joe the avatar's brain is not doing a very good job of performing the limiting function that a brain is supposed to perform. The brain limits. That is its function. This is not a spiritual thing. You can go on brain games and it will tell you there straight up. There is a delay even between what you perceive and what is actually going on before your brain slows things down and edits shit out. You're not really seeing what is actually out there. That is the brain by design. It limits. That's just on a physical not even a spiritual, just like that's its function. And and the, the young lady I was having the conversation with, and she said, well, why? Why would it do that? And my only response, I think if she would have asked me that like a month ago, I would have probably said, I don't quite know. And not to say that I know anything because you can't know anything, but I could certainly speculate for the sake of conversation. And I think it's intentional. Like I said in the previous episodes, as an immortal, this is where you come to take a break. It's tempting to say, why would a God need to take a break? Well, that's your definition. Just like people try to say, oh, you're a spiritual teacher. You shouldn't say fuck. Well, that's your projection. You're trying to tell me how I'm supposed to be. One, I'm not a spiritual teacher, so I can say whatever the fuck I want to say. 
Two, in your mind, you have an idea of what a spiritual teacher is supposed to be. And then you expect me to be that idea. You won't limit me. No, thank you. And I would argue that we do the same thing with our gods, or I should say specifically with God. Well, God can't get bored. Well, where do you think boredom comes from? Check out the last couple of videos on my Instagram page. Everything is God. Existence is God. Everything we perceive is God. It's not some guy on the throne. I'm sorry. It, that's a very Western, very Eurocentric perception. And the amount of people that I've had sort of tell me that I should believe in their idea of God is wild to me. I'm African, first and foremost. My ancestors <laughs> didn't believe in this. So if you're saying that I, by force, have to listen to <laughs> your philosophy, some Western perception of God, I refuse because my ancestors, they worshiped nature. So on some level, they recognized that nature was God. And then the Westerners, the Europeans came and said that that's demon worship. And they said that that was pagan and condemned them. But my ancestors, my ancestors were wise. So I'm going to roll with them. I'm sorry. I apologize if that upsets you or offends you in any way. But considering the fact that that religion has been used to enslave, castigate, demonize, prosecute, persecute, harm, and has been used as a weapon of violence, yet you claim that that is a God of love that you serve. I think I'm cool on that. My ancestors venerated their ancestors, which once again, if you really break it down, what they're basically saying is that once you leave form, you are God. So if you're praying to the ancestors who have passed on, there is on some level, the foundation of that is saying that they recognize that outside of form, their ancestors are God. If I take air and I put it in a jar, I've trapped the air in a jar. If I break the jar, the air doesn't stop being air. It just escapes back to the rest of the air. If there's consciousness in a jar and you call that an ancestor and then the jar dies, right? The air escapes to the over air or the over soul. And there you have it. If I put water in a bottle and then the bottle breaks, the water does not go anywhere. It evaporates back to sky. Water is water. It's water. Now water can take on different components, different properties, depending on what it's contained in and that water will hold information of everywhere it's been or everything it has, it has been in. It will hold that as information, but it's still water. And when it goes and evaporates up 
it will now take that information of what it was like being a stream, what it was like being pee, what it was like being a jar. It would take that information and take it up to the cloud of water. Same thing with data and the internet. It's the same concept repeating over and over again. As above, so below, same thing with consciousness. So I'm going to roll with my ancestors because I think they kind of knew more what they were talking about than what people think the Bible is trying to say. Because that's the other thing too. What the Bible says is dramatically different than what people think the Bible says. A lot of people are just using it as a sort of weapon to judge. And when you judge, you other. And when you other, you force into duality. And that is essentially what causes evil. Right there. Duality. That's evil. It's evil for you to look at me, FYI, and say, because I don't believe in what you believe, I'm a sinner. I'm going to hell. Who are you? Trust. If your idea of God exists, he doesn't need you on the internet to judge me. You're good. Because he says, judge not, lest you be judged. So go about your day. Because he also says, sin is sin in the eyes of God. So me blaspheming is just as sinful in the eyes of your God as you judging. Don't worry about my soul. I'll be all right. Worry about your soul, which is technically also my soul. <laughs> We're all in this together. I know you guys are tired of hearing me sing. Listen, I'm going to need you to really sit with what that means. Like I said, I'm just kind of echoing, but it's worth revisiting what we said in the last episode. Well, not all of it, but some of it. Some of my favorite points that I remember right now. Outside of this form, I am God. Within this form, I am God. Outside of your form, you are God. Within your form, you are God. You are a God contained. Enjoying this experience of a person who judges. Of a person who worries. Of a person who has fear. But if you're tired of playing that game, if the dream has become a bit of a nightmare, that's why you're listening to this. It's okay. It's just a dream. And dreams become more fun to experience the moment you realize, oh shit, wait, it's just a dream. Then you can sit back and it's not hellish. 
then you can sit back and actually explore. See, when I sit and I realize that, so this individual lady I spoke with, the publisher, she brought up my own video in the conversation and she was like, well, remember you said that God couldn't get rid of his internal monologue because in order for him to, to get rid of his, of his internal monologue or her or their internal monologue, she would have to destroy herself. And I was like, brilliant. Thank you for reminding me of that. I always tell you guys, like, Joe's not the one coming up with this. I just am able to pull it in. It's the consciousness that's pulling it in. And sometimes I need reminders. And by I, I mean, Joe needs reminders. We're trying to integrate consciousness with Jolie and the ego and the avatar to become one sort of balanced entity, like a God who knows they're in a body as opposed to believing that you are a body, you want balance. And so where the conversation went was reiterating this concept. Why didn't one, where did the devil come from? Well, the devil, <laughs> you're not going to like what I have to say, but is an aspect of God. Look at you. You're a good person. You want to think that you're a good person and you are by all accounts and definition. Good. But you've got a dark side. As above, so below. Where did you think that the dark side comes from? We have light and shadow, morning and night. Separated, but still one. You cannot destroy the darker aspects of yourself. You have to integrate and accept it. And I said, that's where the Bible came into sort of being a little problematic. Because it's it forces into sides. Pick a side, any side. It forces you. Good versus evil. And so God in the Bible. It's just one religion, by the way. But I digress. God in the Bible took all of his evil, supposedly, and then othered it. Put it in another form. And then presented himself as all loving. But then a lot of the time when things kind of went down, if you look, that's not loving, <laughs> is it? So what's going on there? If you read the stories, it's not a loving being. Even the Bible itself is split. You have one God or an aspect of God that is an absolute tyrant. And then you have this other God that is Jesus who comes in and is very accepting and loving. Low key worshiping two gods. It's split. And then you have another entity in there that just kind of shows up, but never really gets like, chastised or, pu uh, or punished for doing anything which is the devil right so god creates these two humans well there's more obviously there were two creation stories but we're focusing on the second 
And then this dude comes in and fucks shit up. And then the humans are punished. Not not the entity that came in and fucked shit up. It's like, oh, okay, you have to crawl around in your belly forever. Okay, whatever. But then, fast forward, you see the story of Job. You don't hear about this serpent crawling in on his belly to join the council of the God. He walks in. And when the devil, once again, when Christ is sort of sitting, trying to decide... He's being tempted by the devil. He's not crawling on his stomach. Like, (laughs) that's not sad. He walks up to him. He's talking to him. As he presents the Christ with, you know, I'll give you all of this if you just worship me. And the audacity, right? Doesn't (laughs) make any sense to me. Like, bro, what's going on? But if you sit back and look, this is a story of a fractured God. It's taken the form, it's taken the form even of Adam and Eve. It's a certain level of madness. Now, why do I say madness? Okay. What do you call, and that word is a heavy word, don't mean it as a judgment, just for illustrative purposes for the sake of this conversation, but what do you call a human being or individual who has 16 personalities? And each separate from the other, some unaware of the other, and all operating within one form, not realizing that they are one. When you fracture like that, it is a type of madness. Now, if you go back to the story, let's look at it, right? So it was one entity, and then it began to input itself into different forms and occupy. When you take your consciousness, and then you put it into a form, and then you name it, Adam. Right. So in order for Adam to have become conscious, he had to have a consciousness. And so the biblical God took aspects of itself. I'm not saying this is true. We're just this is a podcast we're talking about. I kind of want you guys to think like, let's think about it. Right. So he took himself or herself or themselves. It was actually them. They're plural, but they took themselves and they took their consciousness. Like imagine I could build me out of clay right or maybe i make a clone right and i can't create i cannot generate consciousness out of nothing right consciousness cannot be created or destroyed only modified energy cannot be created or destroyed only modified i cannot copy i cannot create consciousness there's just consciousness like even in this reality it's a closed system so all the water that we interact with is that's all the water that there's ever going to be it's it, it is what it just recycles Okay, so water is water is water. Consciousness is consciousness is consciousness. So if I were a God, and I am, so are you, and I created a clone, and I wanted the clone to be conscious, right? I would have to split my consciousness, kind of like Dolores did on season four and three of. You know what? I wasn't even going to post this episode, but I think I'm going to post it. The season three and four of Game of Thrones. It was all Dolores, but in different forms with different backstories, she became different beings to the point where she almost, she actually became her own. (laughs) She actually became her own enemy. She actually became her own nemesis. See what they're doing there. You see, see what stories being told there. It's all Dolores. 
But Dolores with an ego, right, became, I forget her name, I think Shane or whatever, like the, like she was in William and William, William's backstory turned Dolores into that ego, into that character, right? But it's all Dolores. In fact, there was a line in Westworld where she says, you guys are all me. It was all, it was one sentience. It was one mind, one AI. And then they just kind of put her consciousness, for lack of a better word, into different bodies. And then they became their own thing, but they're all her. Now, Westworld season five has been canceled and so is the entire show. So we don't get to see what they do with that. I was actually looking, I I did not, I didn't particularly care for season four. I'm not going to lie. And even season three, but I had hopes that season five, they're going to wrap it all up and talk about exactly what I'm talking to you right now about. And maybe they'll come up with a movie, hopefully. Um, but they definitely nixed the show. And I saw that coming because like, they kept talking about the sets. And I was like, yo, y'all spending more money on the sets and actually telling the story. This shit looks expensive. How can HBO afford this? And I guess they couldn't. So it is what it is. Um, but yeah, so we have one consciousness, God. And he, she, they divided themselves into the Elohim. And then the Elohim divided themselves into humans, right? And then it just sort of, oh, I should actually say the Elohim first divided itself into good and evil. And then the angels, right? And we hear about the story of Lucifer. So the most beautiful, the most talented, like that to me, it's like somebody took aspects of themselves if I had to retell the story somebody took aspects of themselves that maybe they felt were unbecoming of a god and they put it into an angel but consciousness cannot be created or destroyed that's still consciousness it's still consciousness just contained in a particular form like this is deep everywhere you look it's still one Everywhere you look, it's still one. I'm talking animals is still one. The lady I had a conversation with, beautiful point she made about instinct. She said, you know, animals in, in, instinctively know how to do certain things from birth. Could they be tapping into their collective consciousness, their, their mind. And I take it a step further. It's like, wow, we walk around as humans. She mentioned babies as well. And I said, wow, we walk around as, as adult humans thinking that we fucking know everything, but we can barely function even in nature. Maybe it's the animals that are more quote superior because their brains don't limit as much as ours do. Because the more complex a brain is, the more effective it is, right? So all these things that, and it's just on a smaller level, they're just consciousness existing as dog, consciousness existing as dolphin, consciousness existing as horse, as ant. It's all still consciousness. But it can pull information into this world. It's not as limited. Whereas we, on the other hand, feel like we don't have information and that we have to get information out from outside of ourselves. 
And yet, our quantum physicists, our scientists, are basically echoing the same thing that philosophers from the Stoics to the Hindustanis have been saying for thousands of years. We're now coming along and well, we performed the experiments and I guess, yeah, it is kind of a construct. Yeah, no shit. That's what people have been saying. Dogs don't need to read a book to learn how to be, how to hunt, right? Wolves don't need to read, read books. So that knowledge is inherently contained within them. Within them, they can access it. Now we, as the sentient sapiens, everything that I'm saying to you, knowledge, it's there in your mind. It's just that this brain has been programmed and it's very efficient to one, it's convinced you that you have to seek the knowledge from inside, from outside. So if you believe that you have to seek knowledge from outside, then that's exactly what you're going to have to do. It's like the dream. There are people on the bus who felt as though the bus, where, where they found themselves, the, 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 the village or whatever, was dangerous and hostile, so they acted accordingly. You can sit and meditate and have information come to you. All meditation is, is you just disconnecting from your ego, running its mouth and judging everything, and you tapping back into source. But you are source. So once again, don't other source when you're source. Don't other the devil either, because that's you. You're in that. That's in you. Oh, oh, I hear people. No, that's not me. I'm not that, right? It's the same thing. I'm not capable of that as we point the fingers, right? Sometimes I'm a dick. And that's okay. If you look around, literally sit and look around, it's just think about how our world operates. Look at the biggest, the biggest issues that we're having right now as a society. You have red versus blue, one group saying that the other group is evil. That's where we've come now. It's not even like we have a disagreement. They've just crossed the line. I've even seen posts on social media where they're just straight up saying that these people are literally demons that is what causes evil duality and ignorance of your true nature that that person that you're pointing the finger at that's you because let's once again revisit this concept, everything, everywhere, all at once. Quantum entanglement, non-linear causation. Everything exists right now. Flow of time is an illusion. I am you and you are me. The separation, the fragmentation is not the madness is not realizing that that's still you. 
right? So we want to other and we want to blame the devil or white people or Jewish people or black people or Chinese people. You keep forgetting that after whatever word you put before people, it's people. God's in a body. There was one guy who popped up in the 50s and the 40s, 40s and 50s. And he said, all of your problems, guess who's responsible for them? These people. And a war was fought and millions of people died because of duality and othering and then demonizing. That is evil. I'm an individual who reads, meditates, thinks, and somehow has the ability, or maybe inability. You could argue that it's either a, a, an ability, as in I have the ability to pull information from mind into this reality. And that's what I do. I'm sitting with my eyes closed right now just talking. That's how I function. That's how this podcast runs. And this information just comes through. But it's the mind of an artist. Or you can argue that it's a disability because my brain isn't filtering out. It's not performing its function because the function of the brain is actually supposed to, like, it's, I'm not supposed to be saying this shit to you, <laughs> right? So it's not doing its job properly. Depends on how you want to look at it. Either or, both. Who cares? It is what it is. You're listening to it, so here we are. But I'm not... I'm not other than you. That shit's so fucking hard to to remember. (laughs) When somebody's getting on your fucking nerves, I get it. And that's kind of why I keep repeating because you're not going to learn something the first time just hearing it once. You got to keep hearing it. I'm not saying you just like walk around and just like accept people. I still block the fuck out of people. I don't care. Right? Because what I tell myself is, listen, if I block you, you're always meant to be blocked. (laughs) I, I don't, I mean, it is what it is. Right? All of time is happening right now. Everything exists as a probability if you're being blocked, that was because that was what was always supposed to happen was that you were going to be blocked. I don't just block people all willy-nilly. So you probably did some shit that got you blocked. And that's okay, too. In another reality, in a probable reality, you probably blocked me. It is what it is. But it doesn't matter. We're in a dream. Outside of form, you can't block me. I'm you. Like I said, even water has contained within it. Every aspect of every incarnation that it has had. Water incarnated into a lo- in a lake contains information from the lake. And then once it evaporates and then turns into rain. Wow, what just happened? My hearing just went out. That's cool. Um, it just got really quiet. Contained <laughs> within rain. I was like rolling. Yeah, my hearing went out. And then there's just like a loud like sort of buzzing like echo in my head 
like that, but in my left ear. And now it's fine. But I felt somebody standing behind me. That was trippy. Anyway, got, carrying on. Um, it's not me. It's the body. It's probably just malfunctioning. It's fine. Um, what's the point of fear? You're immortal. But even outside of form, if you feel like you still want to hold on to something, please understand that even outside of form, you still are an individual. Before you get to, now if we're going off of what the Buddhists have talked about, as well as the Hindus have talked about, there's still layers. So if you just really want to be consciousness, like like one spirit soul, before you join the cloud, the oversoul, the collective consciousness, you still get to be who you want to be, what you want to be as an individual. You're just not bound to the avatar that you are existing in right now. Every Everything you are going to know, you have access to right now. Everything that you are going to be and have been, you are right now. The brain limits you, but you can absolutely, with practice, break the barriers between incarnations. David Bohm talked about this in his book, Wholeness in the Implicate Order. You can absolutely break the boundaries that it's a false it's all illusion right me you that's I've been that's been happening lately like I'll be talking to people to a person and all of a sudden like I kind of shift perspectives and then you take a step back and you're like whoa that's trippy (laughs) but the, the reason why I keep repeating is because I sense some sort of trepidation because you want to still be you not lost in this cloud of like a hive mind you still want to and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. The reason why you have the desire for that is that because that you will have that experience. Listen, to go back to the concept of why would a God need this world? Why would God needs need this world to like, why would it need to be mortal? Because eternity is boring. Now, the next thought is, well, what makes you think that God can get bored? Well, you can get bored. There's nothing that's separate from God. Everything is God. So look outside to look within and look within to look outside. Everything is God. So if you can get bored and you need to be entertained, well, hello, look at our lives. Where is that coming from? You cannot, that that was not not created if you believe in a creator that was not not created by god that's contained within you as above so below you were made in their image so if you can get bored so can the gods a favorite idea that came to me from the last episode while i was recording was Every night you go to sleep, you can live a thousand years and come back. You don't know that that's not going on. Just because in your body right now, in your present avatar, you don't think it's probable or possible. Listen, if you can conceptualize it, it's possible. It's certainly probable. Because where did that conceptualization come from? Everything exists right now. You can't pull these concepts out of nothing. That's not how that works. So if you can think it, then it is probable. 
outside of form when you sleep. I, I pulled into the parking lot, bought some shoes and had to go back to return them because they were too small. I don't know why I gave you that information, but I remember sitting in the parking lot, pulled into the parking lot and I said to my husband, I said, look at all these cars. <laughs> it's like a weird, I'm weird. I said to my husband, look at all these cars. They're just sitting there and they think that they're sleeping. They're not even aware. They think that when they get up and they get driven, they're in control. All right. Pretty soon we're going to have like autonomous cars, fully autonomous cars, but, and then those cars will have their own egos, right? Like Siri. Anyway, I said, they think they're sleeping right now. They don't realize that the driver has gotten out and is doing other things. But because they're shut down, we could be gone all for for hours and their car will just think it's sleeping. And look, we've just all these cars that are asleep right now. And then when their drivers enter them and turn them on, um, that sounded sexual <laughs> so anyway when their drivers enter the re-enter their vehicles and then drive off they will think oh i'm awake but they they're not they're just being controlled by their drivers it's the same thing with your body you lay your body down at night it's a vehicle you shut it down and let it charge and then you go off and go fucking shopping or ride dragons and shit like that and then you come back to this world and sometimes you pull fragments or memories of your other experiences in other worlds into this one. But then because the brain performs a limiting function, when you try to recall it, it fades away. Because honestly, the dream I told you, there was more to that dream. Unfortunately, I forgot a lot of it. And what I should have done was as soon as I came it came back to this world, I'm not going to say wake up. As soon as I came back into this world, I should have just hopped and recorded the episode right then and there. But I procrastinated. So... <laughs> Sorry, you just got to get the fragments. But that's what's happening. In my opinion, obviously, I could totally full of shit. And I have no way of knowing while I'm in form. But you put all the pieces together and that's certainly what it's pointing to. I mean, there are some people who still want this place to be a prison or who want to believe that this place is a prison or they straight up believe that this place is a prison. Sure, that's fine. But if we are imprisoned, even those that imprison us are God. By definition existence creates everything and existence is so even if the human race has a secret antagonist that has trapped us in this farm energy farm and keeps us cycled over and over again if you believe you're in a prison then that's exactly what it will be until you get tired you don't want to play that game anymore right what is it called the loops in westworld the storylines, you get bored of it and then you go on to something else. But this has been, this has been and is. All probabilities exist right now. Now, some things are just more probable than others, all right? In a particular timeline, in a particular reality. That doesn't mean that they're improbable in other realities, in other timelines, etc. Stop othering. That's you. 
you don't <laughs> you don't need to judge when you judge others you condemn yourself think back to the story at the beginning of the podcast it was a dream which is weird because it was like i was awake in a dream and it was trying to tell me the dream was trying to tell me hey it's just like this island that's the world you're in look around it was a dream within a dream but i was conscious while being unconscious and realizing what was going on i was being shown something i should take that back i was showing myself something (laughs) to pull it back into this world and then tell you guys about it small group doesn't really matter so it's not like even if seven billion people listen to my podcast which they won't seven billion people will not believe what i have to say so I'm not spoiling anything. I have a couple of people that have, like, have commented, protect this woman at all costs because she's telling the secrets. That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I'm like 100% true and everything I'm saying is absolutely, well, 99% true, right? Nothing can be 100% in this world, but let's say 99% of what I'm saying is true. It doesn't matter because majority of people are going to hear it. They're probably already turned off, actually. If you made it this far, yo, what's up? <laughs> all right? They're not going to, no. Whoever's going to get the information, they're going to get the information because they're meant for it at this moment in time. That's where they are. And then whoever is not going to get the information, they're not going to get the information because they don't want the information at this incarnation. But outside of form, they have access to that information. So I'm not really doing anything. I'm just kind of playing my role as a DJ within the incarn- within the simulation. It's a fun role. You know, it's cool. (laughs) You know, it is what it is. It is what it is. But the the moment we we, we other, we make demons of our own selves, right? Think about this. Like if I was able to split myself, all the parts of me that I judged were bad and I've, I've come a long way from that. There's aspects of myself that society, if I adhere to society's ideas of what should be and what is normal and what is good, what I should aspire for, that I should not like. But that's a weird judgment, right? I have to accept that there's something wrong. But there is no wrong. You look around, there's just is. There's evil. That's the label that we give it. But evil stems from ignorance, not knowing your true nature. Excuse me. And being blinded by Maya to believe in the illusion. Because think about it. If I hurt somebody else, I I don't want to be hurt. So if I hurt somebody else, it's because I have I'm ignorant to the fact that that person that I'm hurting is also me. 
could literally be a simultaneous incarnation. I am now hurting myself. It's I'm ignorant of that. Because I can't hurt another person if I realize that I was that was me. Like if I truly knew that. And then the other thing is the sec the, the other aspect of that is being blinded by the grand illusion that is Maya. And all that comes with living in this world, all that programming, all that bullshit, all of our thoughts, all the beliefs that we think this, that has been sort of shoved, that that's all that programming. That's all illusion. Ego, that's all, all that stuff that would make you, even if you were to hurt or be feel, quote, okay to hurt yourself, you're hurting yourself because you believe something that is not true. And that's part of a lie, the illusion. So I'm not going to steal from somebody if I believe that that was inherently me. I'm not going to harm somebody or hurt somebody if I believe that that person is inherently me. So if you look and see how, go like my... I don't even want to say it. it's just I go and I read comments on like other people's pages and you just you don't go that far before you start seeing the, the judgment and the pointing fingers and you realize like this is actually kind of like a sickness because it's just the way people engage in it it's it's not as I proceed to judge but it's it is what it is you know but I don't think it's it's helpful and it's certainly not conducive for a healthy existence because when you judge and you criticize and you condemn and you complain, right? You're doing all those things because you've judged this as bad. But you wouldn't be doing all of that if you realize that this is all a game. This is all a dream. And everybody is an aspect of you. I can't call out shit I don't like in you without indirectly and unconsciously calling out things that are inherently in inherent in me right so when you're moving in that way <laughs> you get really careful and really mindful of what you say to people because Loki you're kind of talking about yourself so then you just move in silence and just observe because it is what it is. Thanks for listening.